Good morning, everyone. I'm R. W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 22nd of June, the 174th day of this leap year of 2020, giving us 192 days until 2021. Toward the end of last week, the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide was nearly 8.6 million, an increase of almost 1 million since the week before. The number of confirmed cases in the United States near the end of this past week was nearly 2.2 million, an increase of almost 100,000 since the week before. In second place was Brazil, with over 978,000 confirmed cases. In third place was Russia, with over 568,000 confirmed cases. India was in fourth place, with over 380,000 confirmed cases, followed closely by the UK in fifth place, with almost 302,000 confirmed cases. Spain and Peru were in sixth and seventh places, respectively, each with nearly a quarter million cases. The number of deaths globally has surpassed 454,500, up over 31,500 from the previous week, an increase somewhat similar to that from the week before. This past Friday, confirmed COVID-19 deaths in the United States totaled nearly 118,500, up more than 4,500 from the previous week. In other words, nationwide, COVID-19 this past week killed nearly 650 United States citizens per day. We remain the number one hotspot for coronavirus deaths on the planet, with Brazil and the UK swapping places this past week. Brazil now in second place, having nearly 48,000 deaths, and the UK in third place at over 42,000 deaths. Italy, in fourth place this past week, has a death total of slightly more than 34,500. Afternoon before last, at 5.44 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the sun reached its most northerly point in our sky, and that instant the solstice occurred, signaling the beginning of summer. About nine hours later, at 2.42 a.m. yesterday morning, the new moon occurred, blending with the annular solar eclipse. Tonight and the next few evenings, watch the western sky afford us a young and slender waxing crescent moon low on the horizon at sunset. These evenings will also provide us the latest sunsets of the year, and on Thursday evening, Regulus, the brightest star in the constellation Leo the Lion, will be keeping company with our burgeoning crescent moon. Today in 1943, W.E.B. Du Bois, author of The Souls of Black Folk, among numerous other works, became the first black member of the National Institute of Arts and Letters, which merged in 1977 with the American Academy of Arts and Letters to become the American Academy and Institute of Arts and Letters. In many ways, a long 21 years later, this past Friday back in 1964, after surviving a lengthy filibuster, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was approved by the United States Senate in a vote of 73 to 27. Today in 1944, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the GI Bill of Rights to provide financial aid to veterans returning from World War II. The bill provided a range of rights and money 
including jobs, education, and homes to help military personnel find new beginnings and opportunities. Today, 11 years earlier, on the other side of the pond back in 1933, Adolf Hitler banned all parties besides the Nationalist Socialist Party, making Germany a one-party country. In quick succession, a number of changes occurred, including the creation of the German secret state police, known as the Gestapo. Trade unions were also banned, and the death penalty was declared for anti-fascists. Today in 1949 in Summit, New Jersey, Mary Louise Streep was born. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us, Friends recall Mary being an assertive child whose good lucks were well hidden behind glasses and perm-frizzed hair. Her parents discovered she had a pretty singing voice and arranged voice lessons with one of Beverly Sills' teachers. In high school, Streep dropped her lessons to become the ideal high school girl. She bleached her hair blonde, got contact lenses, became a cheerleader, and was voted homecoming queen. Then she attended Vassar, became interested in acting, and along the way changed her first name to Merrill. She studied at the Yale School of Drama and joined Joseph Papp's Public Theater. In a Shakespeare in the Park production, she played the part of Kate in The Taming of the Shrew, and this led to a film role in 1977 in Julia of which no particular notice was paid, but her next role in 1978's The Deer Hunter won her an Academy Award nomination, and within a couple of years, she had become the most admired actress of the 1980s, winning two Oscars. Some feel Merrill hasn't escaped some of the affectations of modern Hollywood. George Cukor remarked, But oh, how she suffers. In this interview, she was agonizing about having to meet the press. She was moaning that she didn't want a lot of people around. And I wanted to ask her, then why the hell are you an actress? They're so damn sensitive these days. Today is also the birthday in 1906 of Billy Wilder, in 1936 of Chris Christopherson, in 1941 of Ed Bradley, in 1947 of Don Henley, and in 1960 of Tracy Pollan. In recent weeks, I've been reading Frank M. Snowden's Epidemics and Society, From the Black Death to the Present, published in 2020 by Yale University Press. At the end of the chapter titled Emerging and Reemerging Diseases, Frank Snowden quotes from the 22-year-old United States Department of Defense paper Addressing Emerging Infectious Disease Threats, a Strategic Plan for the Department of Defense. Quote, Historians in the next millennium may find that the 20th century's greatest fallacy was the belief that infectious diseases were nearing elimination. The resulting complacency has actually increased the threat. Close quote. But we don't need papers from the Pentagon or scholarly academic works to realize the ways many of us can underestimate Mother Nature. Just put together what's happening at the moment. We have tested less than 5% of the population in the United States, where we have the world's greatest incidence of COVID-19 cases and the world's greatest number of resultant fatalities. Yet we insist on putting ourselves in harm's way by closely congregating so as to provide the greatest opportunity for the spread of an infection that we haven't become very good at combating. 
And in this way, we see how complacency displaces the threshold of a crisis. Because we already have a crisis, we just keep pretending we don't by being complacent about it. For more on Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the second day of summer 2020.